Thank you so much, uh, Pastor Neil and the leadership for the opportunity to come here this morning and to be able to share with you what's on my heart. Um, you know, it's wonderful whenever you get opportunities like this. You always wonder, is what you've given me, God, what you want spoken? And to stand in worship and, and the power of worship that it, that it is, and have it affirmed and affirmed and affirmed again. You know, I said to Pastor Neil, I said, you know, maybe I don't need to stand up here today because the worship team have just nailed my sermon. It was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. There's something very powerful about worship. You know, this, this week past, we were in a school uh, doing an after-schools club, and the teaching was on Jehoshaphat. And how Jehoshaphat, in the fear of the great army that was coming against him, brought the nation to their knees before Almighty God. And God told them, don't worry, the battle's mine. The battle's mine. But Jehoshaphat went out onto the battlefield like he was supposed to. And the wonderful thing was he sent the worshippers out first. They were the ones that paved the way for the army to come behind. And there's something very beautiful in that, that whenever we come to church... We get to worship. We get to express ourselves. We get to get caught up in all that God has for us in that moment. So please take heart and, and, and value your worship leaders because they bring you into places that sometimes we just can't get there by ourselves. It's such a beautiful thing. If you have your Bible with you, we're going to turn to John chapter 20. Um, we're going to be reading from verse 19 to 29 this morning. And I hadn't planned to do this, but maybe you know or maybe you don't know, I, I am Ian Harland and I look after Generation Next. I look after the kids' uh, ministry for Elam in Ireland. And there's, there's something that you know, Pastor Neil and I have spoken about many times when we talk about why do we do what we do? And I want to ask you today that if you work, if you work with kids in this house, or even beyond, or you work with young people in this house and beyond, I would like you to stand up where you are, to be bold enough and courageous enough to stand up. Stand with me, because I'm a kids worker, and I don't take any steps back with that. If you work with kids or young people, stand up. And for those of you that are seated, I would love it that you would take a good look around you to the people that are committing themselves to children and young people. Take them on your hearts because they need all the prayerful support that you can give them to work with the generation that we're working with today. Thank you very much, guys. Those people that you've seen stand in front of you Believe it or believe it not, that around 80% of commitments made to Jesus happened before the age of 18. And that is worldwide. So if you didn't know that you were valued when you do what you do, when you turn up every week and wipe snotty noses, and that's probably the young people, and do all of those sorts of things, 
understand that you have a kingdom value and worth in what you do. Because what you do carries such kingdom significance for the generations to come. And if you don't believe me, spend some time in Psalm 78. You'll never have to ask me again. But that was a side note to what I have for you guys today. So, John chapter 20, verses 19 to 29. I'm reading from the NLT version. It says this, That Sunday evening the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Then he said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they're forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. One of the twelve disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. They told him, we have seen the Lord. But he replied, I won't believe. I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later. I love how time is, and numbers are so significant in Scripture. Eight being the, the symbol, spiritual symbol of the new covenant. Eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked. But suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas explained. Then Jesus told him, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. This morning I want to share with you something that God has been challenging me with. And it all started in a kid's club with a memory verse. It was one of the verses we were reading that we're going to come to quite soon. And as I've been preparing this message, even though I speak to you as a group, as a collective church, I believe that God wants to speak to us as individuals. And only you can answer for you, as I can only answer for me. You see, this is a very well-known portion of Scripture. And the context of this setting that we have just read is quickly this. Jesus has just been crucified and the disciples are frightened and locked away in a room in fear for their lives, confused as to what to do next, wondering what happens now, wondering where Jesus is. Has he risen? Has someone taken him? Was Mary telling the truth? So many unanswered questions and so much uncertainty. Then in the midst of it all, Jesus appears and does what he does best. He calms the storm. He brings peace and clarity to the chaos. He then shows them who, that he is who he said he is by showing them his wounds from the cross. 
on a side note, what a picture of our salvation. We were once confused, fearful, troubled, and sad. Then Jesus revealed himself to us and brought calm to our chaos. They saw who he is and they put their trust in him and they were joyful in his presence. That's just like us. Joyful in his presence. But it created another commotion. You see, as the disciples were so excited to see Jesus, I'm sure they had so many questions, but again, Jesus calms them down. Again, he says, peace be unto you. He calmed them down. Because he needed them to be ready for what he said next. And this brings me to my first point this morning. How big is your why? I know it sounds a bit cryptic, but bear with me here. It's a term that you would most likely hear at a a motivational seminar, but today I pray that God would use it to inspire and remind us of who we serve, who we are, and what we're here to do. Your why is the reason you have been saved. It's your God-given purpose, your God-given goal, your God-given objective. And it's common to us all. It doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. And I'm hoping, young people, that you grasp this. Because if you can grasp this early, if you can understand your why early, it's going to transform what you can do for Jesus right now where you are. This is common to us all. And after he quietens him down, he drops this bombshell. John 20, 21 is the memory verse that has impacted me. He said again, he said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Can you imagine the reaction to such a statement as this? How would you feel? Can I ask you, how do you feel? You see, Jesus was letting them know what he expects of them after he is gone. And the same thing that he expects of them, he expects of us. You see, every last one of us, it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are, you have been called by God to mission. Mission means the vocation and calling of a religious organization, especially a Christian one, to go out into all the world and spread its faith. Your job is to share the good news of Jesus. And it doesn't matter how young you are or how old you are. If you have breath in your body, God has an expectation on your life to share the good news about him. After all of what he has done for us. Jesus gave us the Great Commission as his last act before his ascension. You'll find that in Mark 16, 15. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Or Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Our way is to reach others and to tell them the good news of Jesus. And when we think of this question, how big is your way? You see, in a motivational seminar, the emphasis is on us. 
It's on the individual. Everything revolves around us and depends on us. But our why here today is nothing to do with us. But it has all to do with Jesus. It's all about him. This is his commission. And he calls it a co-mission because he's our partner in the process. We never go alone. And we have this incredible privilege that we can carry it out here on earth with him. We have been saved to serve. Galatians 2.20 says, It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And we have this awful habit, well, I have this awful habit at times, of trying to put God in a box. And most of the time, I don't even realize I'm doing it. We try to limit him and what he wants to do in us because we don't give him access to all areas of our lives. We only let him loose with the things that we're comfortable with. But that's not what he wants. See, God has an abundance of blessings and gifts for us and a divine purpose for our creation. But he needs us to live in full surrender to him and his will for our lives. And he, in return, will always provide exactly what we need at the exact moment we need it. Your why will never be as big as it should be unless you give God access to every part of your life. It's only then that you will live in all that he has for you. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You see, when we think of mission, we often think of far-off places. And Can I tell you, your mission is where you are right now. Right where you are right now. It's your every day. It's your work. It's your school. It's your neighbors. It's your your places where you socialize. The community all around you. And maybe that thought terrifies you because it terrifies me. But then I think, how big is my way? And then I realize that this is not about me, but it's all about him and what he did for me. You see, Galatians 2.20 goes on to say, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. He paid, Jesus paid the ultimate price that I could live in his abundance. And it's his will for all of our lives that we would share the good news with others. Because if we believe in Jesus as Lord and Savior, then we have to believe that we love God. And if we love God, we have to love others. Because those are the two greatest commandments that Jesus shared when he was asked. We need to be able to carry this message that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. But we also have this amazing existence here on earth to enjoy with him. For me... My why is so big that I can't help but to give him my all. In whatever way that is. Because I don't want to miss a heartbeat of what he has for me to do. 
My second point today is this. When your why is strong, your how becomes easy. John 20, verse 22. Jesus said, Then he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. After Jesus had brought calm again, he breathed on them. And this particular word, breathed, only appears one other time in the whole of Scripture. It happens the other time in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, where God himself breathes life into Adam. And I love how Matthew Henry brings these two verses together when he says this. He says this about Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. As the breath of the Almighty gave life to man and began the old world, then John 22, John 20, 22, he said, so the breath of the mighty Savior gave life to his ministers and began a new world. This was just a little taster for what was going to happen in Acts chapter 2. And here in this moment, Jesus equips his disciples to fulfill his request. And in this moment here, he equips us as well. From the moment we believed, God gives us the Holy Spirit, our guide, our comforter, our helper. And we need to always remember that this is his work. This is why he saved us. We can't create an anxious thought, but through the help of the Holy Spirit, the words we speak in his name carry great power and great kingdom significance. Remember, this is his purpose for our lives to fulfill his great commission. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 says, who has, received, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which has been given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. Every time you step out for Jesus, wherever that is in your every day, he gives you the strength that you will need to do what he wants you to do, and he will even give you the words to say. That's how incredible our God is. Isaiah 55, 11 says, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper the thing which I sent it. Psalm 81.10 says, God says through the psalmist, open your mouth and I will fill it. Because that's what God does. When we stand out on his behalf and we speak words that he wants us to say, we carry great power and significance. If you don't realize your value yet, please do. God has some incredible things for you to do. He just needs you to understand who he is, and he is so big and so strong. He is enough. Matthew 7, 11 says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good gifts to those who ask him? 
Anything we do in his name, we should be doing in his strength. Because when we do great things happen, see, he is the reason our why is strong. Our why is indestructible. And when we see and reflect on who he is and what he has done for us, our how becomes much easier. When we think of those in our world today that are suffering for their faith, just to mention his name is enough for them to be tortured. And yet they do it because they love him. And when I ponder on who he is and what others are enduring for his name, what I do in my own personal mission field seems quite easy and light. Just to tell someone that Jesus loves them. To show someone practically that Jesus loves them. God loves us so much that he gave everything for us. He died for us. The persecuted church love him so much that they're willing to die for him. And we have this incredible opportunity in the West to be able to share our faith quite freely. We may get sneered at, we may get laughed at, we may get ostracized. But is that too much to endure when we consider what he has done for us? Our way is so strong and powerful that the world has tried time and time and time again to snuff it out. But still we remain. Because our why is indestructible. Because our why is God. Many have tried and all have failed. Which leads me into my final point this morning. Is your why bigger than your fear? In the verses that we read from verse 24 to 29, we see that Thomas wasn't there. And I love the fact that Thomas wasn't there. When the disciples come to him and share the good news, he was having none of it. Instead, he laid down the most impossible Gideon-style fleece. John 20, verse 25 says this. They told him, we have seen the Lord, but he replied, I won't believe, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Thank God he's the God of the impossible. And can I tell you this morning, he's the God of your impossible. The thing that holds you back, the thing that gets in your way, the thing that you feel you're not good enough, not equipped for, the thing that you can't, you feel you can't do for him, let me tell you, our God is big enough. Because he's the God of your impossible. He knows exactly what you face. He knows your fears. He knows your struggles. He knows the things that you feel you can't do. Eight days later, Jesus appeared. Knowing Thomas's doubts and fears, he addresses them specifically to him. He didn't point to anyone else. He pointed it directly at Thomas, so that he was left in no doubt that God knows our every thought and answers and equips us right at the point of our need. Because when Jesus answered Thomas, when he answered his request, he not only revealed that he truly was the risen Lord, 
But by doing so, he gave Thomas all that he needed to go out and fulfill his call. As you're here today, what is it in your life that you need God to help you overcome, to fulfill that call? Who is it? What is it? You see, people who experience God's best are people whose why is bigger than their fear. Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, famous verses, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. H.C. Armstrong said, When the Almighty God is your source of power, there is no reason to fear or be afraid. 2 Timothy 1, verse 9, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And as I draw to a close, I wanted to share with you some practical stories of things that I have seen happen when people realize that their why is bigger than their fear. Within kids' ministry, I see God do amazing things with kids. I see how God communicates with kids. I see how they can be empowered spiritually to do great things. But I've also seen it in leaders as well. And this particular time, we were teaching some truths through stories in the Bible, nothing off the, off the wall, through stories in the Bible, but setting challenges each week to help our kids grow practically in exercising their faith. The truths that we were teaching was this. God wants me to live for him. God wants me to care about others. God can work through me. I will do God's work in our world. And God helps me overcome peer pressure. Simple things. But God was at the heart of it all. And a little girl who had been underneath this teaching came to me after she had been challenged one week and said, I completed the challenge this week. And I said, what did you do? She said, as a girl in my class doesn't like me. So what I decided to do was I kept her a seat right beside me. There was no extra seats in the classroom, as you can imagine, for those that are teachers here. Classes are full most of the time. And the only seat that was left was the one beside her. And this girl came and sat beside her. She had no choice. And she reached down into her school bag and simply put her pencil case on the desk of the girl beside her and said, anything that I have, you can use. You don't need to ask my permission. Just feel free to use whatever it is you need. And in that moment, something broke. And a little girl who came in feeling that there was someone that was against her walked out with a new BFF. Simply understanding the simple principle that her why was bigger than her fear. And it didn't end there. I had a leader with us, 50 years of age, after being under this teaching, was challenged one week to go home, and he picked up the phone 
and he rang his brother that he hadn't spoken to for 12 years. He was estranged. Something had happened and it tore them apart. And he realized in that moment that his why was bigger than his fear. And he picked up the phone and he rang his brother and six months later, his brother spent a week in his house on a holiday. Restored. That's what God does when we understand the power in that our why is bigger than our fear. Too many times we live under the size of our fear. But we need to understand that we have a God that is so much bigger than that. Our fear is insignificant in his presence. And when we lean into him, when we rely on him, when we totally depend on him, that's when we will see what it is that he has for us to do. But if we keep pushing our fear in front of us, we will never do anything. Because we have lost the ability to see how big our why is. I struggle where I live. And with this I truly finish. My neighbours know that I'm friendly and that I'm kind. I say I, but they know they believe that about my wife too. But we long for opportunities to share our faith where we are. Because it's not like it used to be. When I was growing up, like so many of you, I'm sure, our neighbours lived in each other's houses. And relationship was easy. But it's not like that anymore. And I wondered, what is it that I can do, God? So I started praying over the development where I live. And we prayed for encounters to evolve from our prayers. And recently we have seen a breakthrough. There has been some devastating things happen where we live. We've seen a young woman just sleep away facing us in her 30s, leaving five kids. We have seen some incredible, devastating things happen around us. But it has afforded us opportunities to be able to show practically who Jesus is and how much he loves them and cares for them. And we pray for more opportunities like this in the days that come. And I'm encouraged and trying to encourage you with this, that you can do it. There is no one like you. God has created you individually unique to fulfill the specific purpose that he has called you to do. Nobody else can fulfill the call that you've been given because it's unique to you. Because he created you perfectly just as you are. He knows your temperament. He knows your fears. He knows how you think. He knows what you're capable of. And dare I say it, more so than you do for yourself. You are good enough. And you are capable enough. This is real life. And God has great things in store for us all. But he needs us to understand how big our why is. And to know that when your why is strong, your how becomes so much more easier. And your why is always bigger than your fear. Because when we truly believe these things in our hearts, we have the potential to change our homes, 
our communities, our towns, our counties. We have the potential to change this island and this world for Jesus. Because he's that big. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, I thank you for your precious word of truth. I thank you that you are so big that it doesn't matter what comes against us, that you are always able and willing to be able to take us in the direction that you need us to go, no matter what comes to hinder us or get in our way. I thank you that you're a God that helps us to go through our troubles, to help us understand the journey on the way. I thank you, God, that you allow us to experience these things so we can help other people not make the same mistakes. God, you're so really good to us. You have so much to give us. And you are so for us. And when we have you, God, on our side, why should we fear? Why should we bow down to the way the world wants us to live and to speak? Why should we, God, when you are that big? You are the creator God, the all-knowing God. You're the God that transcends time. You're the God that has given us everything that you have that we might be with you and like you. But Lord, until that day when we meet you face to face, I pray, God, that you would stir something up within us, stir something up in each of our hearts, that we would live in the full potential of all that you have created us to do, that we would never take a step back, but that we would be your people that always take a step forward, just like Jehoshaphat. Even though he knew the battle belonged to the Lord, he still stepped out onto the battlefield in faith. God, may we step into each of our battlefields every day with faith, knowing that our why is so big that we can overcome whatever comes against us and that we can share the good news of Jesus with this world, that the world might know you, that the world might surrender themselves to you, and this world will be changed by you. For I'm asking it, God, in your name. Amen.